I've got a throat lozenger in my, in my mouth, so if you hear funny sounds coming out, just want to prepare you, okay? Got to keep it going here. Um, when I was in uh, college, I was uh, actually, I think it was a sophomore, I took a class called homiletics. By this time, I knew that the Lord was calling me into pastoral ministry, uh, and so in homiletics, they, they teach you how to, how to preach, uh, and so that was pretty scary for me. I'm just, just really scary. And I, I had, uh, had an assignment, and that was I was going to, I had the day, I was going to preach in front of my class, my, before my professor and before my class. And so we had, uh, he said, the, the professor said, just go find a, a story you like or a passage in the Bible and then preach on it. So I picked one that wasn't like you, you would have thought I'd have gone for John 3.16 or something that was really well known, but no, no, not me. I decided to go for something that was really different and, and really obscure. So I, for whatever reason, there was a story in the Bible. It's an Old Testament story. You'll actually find it in 2 Kings uh, chapter 13. And we're actually going to talk about that story today. But um, I got into this story, and uh, uh, you know, the professor is kind of looking at me, and the students were kind of looking at me like, whoa, dude, you chose that story? That, that's really a kind of a strange story. And so all these years later, 40-plus years later, I've never, ever spoken on that passage. Uh, maybe I was afraid to. Maybe, you know, just because my first attempt wasn't my best. So I thought, today is the day. Today is the day because I, I feel like I found a place marker where it really, really fits, and I hope to do justice to this story today. So if, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 13, and we're going to get into this. Now, in order to tell this story, I need a little help here, so I'm going to... I'm going to put on some of the pieces here, and I'm not going to do this right. I actually borrowed this from, um, let's see if I do this right. Here we go. No, that wasn't right either. Anyway, I, for, right, for right now, this, this will probably do, okay? I'll have to make some adjustments. Jeff Larson actually gave this to me. Uh, by the way, y'all, I also have a, a bow up here. And uh, I just want you to know that right now I'm very dangerous. Um, Steve Bombacci on a platform with a bow and arrows and about you know, 100 plus people. It's probably not a good combination. Um, but I promise I will not shoot any arrows today. So you can relax. Everything's going to be okay. I think we're, we're all going to make it out of here okay. But uh, I want to I tell the story a little bit. So I'm going I'm to read it. Before, before I actually get into it, I need to give you some historical context. All right? So let's just, real quickly, let's talk about how we arrive at this point. Uh, so if you go back to um, what we've been talking about, the children of Israel the last few weeks, and they're wandering around the desert, and they've been delivered from Egypt, and Moses leading them, and it's kind of messy. We're learning some great lessons from that, and we're, we're, move, we're talking about moving from survival to just thriving, and, and that's what God wants to do in, in all of our lives. What, so let's just fast forward way through that to a guy named King David. He became the greatest king that Israel would ever know. Literally, it was the high point of the history of Israel. And then David has a son named Solomon. How many of you know who Solomon is? Solomon was considered to be the wisest king who ever lived. He was the richest and the most famous in some ways. But at the very end of Solomon's life, on a spiritual level, he kind of crashes and burns. I mean, it's really a tragic story. He kind of loses his way with God. And so he has a son named Rehoboam. And Rehoboam uh, doesn't have the best role model in his dad, and so he just messes everything up as a king, so much so that he actually splits the kingdom. And there becomes a northern kingdom of Israel, and there becomes a southern kingdom of Israel. And as you begin to read through 1 uh, through Kings and 2 Kings, there's these successions of kings, and all of them, with the exception of two kings from the southern kingdom, were really bad kings. In fact, 
It's so redundant that when you read it, you're like, really? And it goes, and this king was evil, and this king was evil, and this king was even more evil than the last king. And it just, it just reads that way, and you're like, this just must have broke the heart of God. So all the way to where we come up to this particular scene. Now, one of the things that God did to try to redeem his, his nation, this is his, his people, right? And they, send, they went to the promised land, they got settled in, they got a king, they got another king, and then everything started going bad, is that he would send prophets. And the job of a prophet primarily was to speak to the leadership of Israel. Now they've got to speak to the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. You've got the north and the south. And this, so one of the greatest prophets who had ever lived was a guy named Elijah. How many of you know, remember Elijah? Elijah great, great prophet. Did some amazing things. But, but Elijah mentored another guy named Elisha. And so he would follow Elijah around, learn the way of a prophet. And then right before uh, Elisha made his glorious departure, you've got to read that story, um, uh, e- Elisha said to him, I want a double portion of what you have. And it was granted to him. So he becomes a very, very, very powerful prophet. And he, like all the other prophets, is speaking to the king and speaking to the leadership, and he's saying, come back to God, come back to God. Now, in the meantime, one of the ways that God would try to get the attention of Israel is he would send and he would allow enemies to come, in this case, uh, the Arameans, would come in and they would just like thrash Israel, and there'd be war, and there'd be a lot of killing and, and it would be terrible and it was god's way of saying look i don't want to do this but israel you know you're you're into idol worship you've totally forgotten about me you've lost your way spiritually hello and uh finally sometimes sometimes the prophet would get the attention of the leadership so let's uh let's jump in verse verse uh, 14 of chapter 13 Now, Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. So the prophet Elisha is at the very end of his life. He's literally on his deathbed, and he's been uh, summoned by the king to come. Uh, And I I guess I suppose that that the king knows that this is his last chance to get something good from from the prophet. Jehoash, now that's the king uh, who actually his name means God gives, Jehoash which is interesting because this guy is in nowhere with God. He is way out of sorts with God. Uh, he's just one of the evil kings. But in this moment, he reaches out. He reaches out, and uh, he's looking for help. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him, and he wept over him. And he wants, he sort of, he wants to honor him, so he says, My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And so he's concerned about Israel. He's saying to basically, basically the prophet, he's saying, Help! You know, we, we need your help. You know, do something for us before you die. And Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And so he did. And take the bow in your hands. And he said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. So if you get a, a visual on that, uh, they, they, they pull out a bow and arrow. And, and, uh, and he, just think about this. This guy is on his deathbed. He's like, okay, you know, getting ready to die here. And the king is like, no, 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 you got to do something, you got to do something. So he actually gets out of his literal deathbed. And uh, so here's the king, and he's, you know, he, he's got the bow, and uh, he's, he's pulling some arrows out. And this, this, this feeble prophet, you know, probably in his last breast is going, oh, boy, really? Okay. 
And so he comes up behind the king to try to like help him. Like, like I need to give this guy, I need to impart some faith to this guy in, in, in this, this moment. So read a little bit more of the story here. Get a bow and arrows. And so he did so. Take the bow in your hands. And he said to the king, and when he had taken, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands and he opened, opened the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elijah said, and he shot. And, and the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory, shoot the Lord's arrow, the arrow of victory over Aram. Now, Aram is the enemy. And Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. And then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elijah told him, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and he stopped. Now, this to us is like, just kind of weird. What's, what's this all about? Open the window, shoot the arrows, strike the ground. What is that all about? But, but it totally made sense to them back then. So in biblical times, uh, a lot of times if you were going to do, make a declaration against your enemy, you would, oh, you would do this. You, you would take your bow and your arrow and you'd fire those arrows up and you'd shoot them right into the territory of the enemy, thereby saying, we're coming, we're proclaiming this is going to be our territory. And it, it, many times it would involve war. So they're making a declaration here. He struck it three times and stopped. This is where the story kind of gets a little even more weird. The man of God was angry with them. And he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then when you, have, you would have defeated Aram completely and destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Only three times. All right. So we need to, to talk about that. Oh, by the way, I'm going I'm to keep this on. <laughs> just, just in case I need some reinforcements maybe to make this message work. You know, we, we're talking about changing the world. We're talking about, about changing the world. And uh, I know that's a, that's a huge statement, right? You know, we're, we're supposed to be changing the world, but the world consists of all the people that are in, in your world. The world consists of, of, of my community and your community and this community. And we, we change the world one, one person at a time. That's our calling. And as, as was mentioned last week, it all comes from the Great Commission. Remember, Jesus said this, go, go and make disciples and teach them in my name and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and, 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 and teach them just to, to live my ways. That's what we're, we're commanded to do. That is the great commission that Jesus has given to us. Now, you might also recall, we keep coming back to something that Jesus said, and it's, it's the good and the bad. And, 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 and so the bad is, he says, there's a thief out there. The thief is actually the devil, Satan, the enemy of our soul. And he's got one purpose. And, and he's on mission after this. And he never takes a day off. And we know this to be true, that every day he comes after us to steal and kill and destroy. And we see his work all over our lives sometimes and all, all over our families and all over our communities and all around the world and on the evening news and wherever we go, we see the handiwork uh, of the enemy. But here's where the hope statement comes in from Jesus. He says, I have come that they, that's you, that's me, that all of us who are followers of Jesus, that you might have life. I want to take you from surviving and beyond just existing to really thriving in, in your life, to, to live life to the, to the full. That's what God wants us to do. But in order to do that, 
it's not a, like we can't just sort of sit in our hands and go, bring it, God. Oh, it's just so good, man. I love my home, and I love the fact that I live in San Diego. No better place to live. And, you know, all, I mean, that's, that's, God wants to bless us, and we think of blessings. Those are all part of the blessings. But God never, ever meant for us just to sit on the blessings and go, man, isn't life good? You know, I'm thriving, baby. It's like, no, 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 no. If I'm blessing you, it's because I want you to be a blessing. I'm blessing you so you can, you can pass a blessing on to, to other people. And part of that, in fact, a large degree of that is, is, is by being part of the Great Commission. That I'm invested, you're invested. You know, one of the things that really gets me excited about this church is really how invested so many of you are. And I love the fact, every, every, every Sunday morning when I pull up in my car and I see people that are here and they're setting up and I see all the tech people, they're already here and they're doing their thing, they're getting ready to, to make all this happen. And I see the worship team up here uh, and I see all of our beautiful hospitality people back there and they're making the coffee and setting up everything so that everybody has a warm welcome. I mean, the gates in this place are open early and I just see all of the work that goes into this. And that just, I mean, that totally inspires me. I'm like, they're in it. They're, they're, they're invested. And that's really, that's what a church is. When you and I are, are, are in it, we're, we're, we're involved in it. So when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the, on the ha- king's hands. Now, what was that all about? So the, the, the window was open, and they're ready to, to shoot off one of these, uh, with these arrows. I'm going to pull one of these out. I won't shoot it. Okay, promise you. But you got it. And, and so you can visualize, you know, here, here's the, the, the king who probably doesn't even know how to shoot a bow and arrow. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And, 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 and the prophet comes around, goes, okay, let's do this thing. And, and, and they, they, they fire off the, these arrows. Now, there's something very symbolic in, in what he did. Really what the prophet was doing is what you and I ought to be doing all the time. He was saying, look it, king, I know about you. I know that you are not a man of faith. In fact, the word on the street about you is you're actually evil. But I, I don't care. Because in this moment, you are calling out to God. And I'm going to put my hands on your hands. I'm going to put my faith on your faith. And you know what? We're going, to, we're going to turn things around right now. Okay, King? I might be, this might be my dying breath. But together, we're, we're going to do something to turn things around. You know, that's really the life story for, for a lot of us. When we get when on this journey with God, how many people do you have in your life, you don't want to call them evil, but you go, they're nowhere with God. They're out there, and, and we're, you know, God has not called us to judge anybody. He's called us to come alongside of people, people who have no faith or just a tiny bit of faith, and instead of judging them, say, you know what, let me put my faith on your faith. Let me put my hands on your hands, okay? And together, I'm here to support you. I'm here to kickstart your faith. I wonder how many of you have people like that in your life right now, and they just need a little push. They need a little bit of help. They're out there, they're, you know, on a spiritual level, you're like, oh, they're just so messed up. I can't even stand to watch their life. But there's that other part of you that says, no, I need to come alongside of them. Just like Elisha would come beside this, this king and go, uh, let's, let's do something together. I'm going to put my faith on their faith. That's what God calls us to do all the time. I know we read all the bad news. It's, it's all over the place. We hear about one scandal after another on, on the political level and then, you know, on a business level. And, you know, it, but we are not called to stand on the sidelines and go, well, see, just the world's all messed up, so, you know, we judge, judge. No, we're, we're called to come alongside these people. They just need help. 
That's part of the Great Commission. Let's get alongside of them and, 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 and let's, let's, let's help them. That's why this, this church exists. So when it comes to God's mission, I think, really, it's, it's, it's time for, for us to, to step up and uh, get some arrows. We need to get some arrows involved. We need to get some arrows involved. And, and, and arrows of love and arrows of faith and arrows of, of, of investing ourselves however we can. Look what he says. Open the east window, he said. And he opened it. Now, what's the, what's the east window? In this particular case, the east window was a picture of where the enemy territory was. And he was saying, look it, we're not going to let the enemy do what he's been doing anymore. The prophet was speaking faith into him. He said, we're going we're to claim this territory. I know the enemy's been having his way, but not anymore. We're going we're to fire off some arrows, some arrows of faith. And some arrows of us being invested. And we're going we're gonna, to, with God's help, God is in the arrows. We're going to start changing some things around here. It's kind of like us, you know. We look out the, the window of our soul and the, the windows of, of what we see every day in life. And what do you see? One of my prayers every single day is, God, help me see the world the way that you see it. Not with condemnation, not with judgment, but with, with love and compassion. Open the win window, he said. Shoot. Elijah said, and he shot, and the Lord's arrow of victory. I like that part. The Lord's arrow of victory. This represents the Lord's arrow of victory. But we gotta, we got to get those arrows involved. we got to get those, those arrows moving. Over Aram, which was enemy territory, Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the Arameans at, at Aphek. We're going to have victory in this case. We have to direct our efforts where God is already at work. So we, we start to start, in a metaphorical sense, obviously, we need to start firing off arrows if we're going to carry out the Great Commission, if we're going to really make a difference the way that God has called us to. Let me give you one example. I think uh, that you can get behind this. So last year, uh, one, of the, one of our goals, and this is through Kingdom Builders, we started the Hope Center uh, over in East County in El Cajon. And uh, I don't know how many of you have had a chance to go out there before. They are doing phenomenal things. So in the last, just the last 22 days, check this out. This is what's happened. They've got 19 people into detox, 36 people into rehab, five jobs. I mean, that's big, big stuff. This is just in 22 days, five jobs. They've housed nine people. And look how many meals for, they've, they've been able to give. 19,792 people that walked away with food in their stomach. That's where God's at work. Remember Jesus said, you do it for the least of these, for the hungry, for the thirsty, for the hurting, in this case for the jobless, for those people that are addicted, for those people that their life is, is out of control. That, that's what we do. That's where we, we're firing our arrows in those areas. That's where the enemy's been at work. Every time we see somebody who's addicted, we know the enemy's been at work there. Every time we see somebody who's been human trafficked, we go, that's another area of the enemy, and we're going to do something about that. So when I think the job is done, it's not. Typically, you know, sometimes we say, well, we did, we did good last year, and we did. God did some pretty significant stuff. But I believe that God has a lot more that, that he wants to do. And then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them and he told them, strike the ground. He struck it three times. But then he stopped. Then he stopped. You know, just, just from the perspective of, of the king, so I, I, I think on a certain level, I kind of get it. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the king is going, okay, 
Um, and, and then the king is really not a Yahweh follower, you know, right? So, but he just needs help, and he's like, he's willing to do anything. So he's got this prophet. He goes, I've heard about this guy, heard that he does amazing things, that he loves God. So he, he, in that moment, you know, he's, oh, okay, so what do you want me to do? Um, okay, you want me to take the bow and arrow? Okay, okay, you know, we're going to fire out. Does three. Goes, okay, that was kind of weird. <laughs> kind of like maybe one of those, you know, karate kid moments, you know, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, Mr. Miyagi, okay, whatever. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't really get why I'm doing this. But, but the prophet knew what he was doing. He said, look, I want you to capture the heart of God. I want you to get into it, man. Understand that you have the opportunity for real victory. Don't do this half-hearted. I love what Martin Luther King said. He said, no one really knows why they're alive until they know what they die for. What are you willing to die for? What is it you've got so deep in your bones that you'd say, that's a cause that I'd be willing to die for? And maybe for some of us it's different, but most of it falls into the category of people that are hurt and people that just when we see human trafficked, it just does something and says, I'd be willing to die for a cause like that. See, people that are like literally starving to death in parts of the world and don't have clean water and say, I would give my life for something like that. Those are the kind of, thing, kind of things that we're talking about, the kind of things that we're, we're involved with. That's, that's why one time Jesus was, uh, as he often was, surrounded by a bunch of scribes and Pharisees, and we would call them sort of modern-day theologians. And they're debating about all kinds of things, and uh, finally they pose the question to Jesus, and they say, well, uh, Jesus, you know, we've been having this discussion and we're just trying to like sort of figure out the finer points of, of this theology and stuff. And Jesus, you have to imagine Jesus going, oh, I can't even believe it. Listen, guys, here's the deal. All right, one more time. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And they can all agree on that. They're like, okay, good point, good point. And he, and he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where it wasn't happening too much with these guys. They, they, they weren't loving their neighbor. And a lot of times we, we don't get that. We, we say we come to church and we go, oh, it makes me feel good, it makes me feel spiritual, and, and I hope it does. Uh, but, but, but the other part of it, love your neighbor, he says, that's, it's got equal weight. That's what this is about. That's what shooting those arrows is about into enemy territory because our neighbors are hurting our community is hurting, sometimes people in our own family. And the question is, why, why do we stop short? Uh, see, in those particular times, uh, a quiver would have anywhere from about 6 to 12 arrows in it. So when, when the king just shot three off, you know, the prophet's going, uh, excuse me, there's a lot, there, you got some more arrows in that quiver. Why didn't you fire those? Why didn't you fire them all off? And I, I think sometimes... We can be like that. We're like, well, these are pretty cool arrows. Um, you know, and for us, they, they represent the different things in our life. You say, uh, I've got to keep a few. I'm willing to fire off a few. You know, I, I, I want to do a few things, but, but I, I'm going to keep some arrows in my quiver. And, and we, we sort of we come up short. I, I want to read a scripture to you. It's a really powerful scripture that Jesus spoke one time when he was calling his followers to him. And he just put it to him. Like, I love the fact that Jesus, I know Jesus gets quoted in all kinds of different ways, but this is, this is Jesus coming straight at us here. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and daily follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. What, what does that mean? What does it mean to save your life and then lose it? In other words, if you're going to keep a bunch of arrows and go, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you some of my life, but I'm going, to, I'm going to save some of those other arrows. This is exactly what he's talking about. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. In other words, he's saying, you fire all those arrows off. All of them. You see, when I, when I come to the end of my life, if this, if this what's in here is, is representative of what's in my life, uh, my, my time, my energy, my imagination, my talent, my gifts, my finances, whatever it is in here, at the, when I come to the end of my life, I want to say, on a meta, just really a metaphorical level, Steve Bombacci fired off his arrows. You know what? He's got an empty quiver. I do not want to show up one day and say, you kind of held back a little bit. Actually, you had like, uh, quite a few arrows still in that quiver. I want to know I, my life was spent for the right purposes. That I was firing off arrows. I was invested, man. But we tend to, to stop short. It, 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 sometimes it comes down, do we actually believe? Do we have enough faith to believe that God can help us to really begin to change the world? You know, there was 120 believers in the original church. And can you imagine them thinking big enough to think, I wonder if one day we can impact the whole world. And 2,000 years later, we've got over 2 billion people that are Christ followers. I don't know if they ever could have imagined that it would get that big. We lack faith sometimes, and, and sometimes we, well, we just don't have enough resources. We just don't have enough support. That's why we have to be all in. I, I, I believe that really God is not offended when we think too big. He's offended when we think too small. If, if, if one of my children came up to me, I'll just take my youngest, Caleb, and he said to me with fear and trembling, oh, Dad, I've been really thinking about this, and I want you to know I also prayed about it quite a bit. And if he was really nervous, and I said, yeah, Caleb, you know, I love my boys and my children. And he said, well, I was just wondering, do you think I could have $100? I, I would feel insulted. I'd be thinking, what? You think that little of me? That you, you actually had to pray, and you're all nervous and everything, and you're going to ask me for $100? I love you. Why would you think that of me? I would like to think that he'd come and just ask for a grip of money. <laughs> now, please don't tell him that. Because he thinks so much of me. Because he thinks that, Dad, I got this big thing. I'm, you know, it, it, it's, it's a nonprofit, and, and I'm going to really invest, but I need a bunch of help. I'm like, I'm there, man. I can believe in that. I, I really, sometimes I think that's the way God, God, I believe, gets offended by our small prayers. It's really, it's really, it's almost an indictment against God when we go small and we go, well, God, we don't know if you can do this. Well, we're going to, you know. That's why at New Break, and you'll hear us talk about it over and over again, we we want to go big because we believe God wants us to go big. We know that he does. So the man of God was angry with him. <laughs> the prophet, man, even though he's dying, he's like dying angry. Like, really? Are you, are you kidding me? You could have struck the ground five or six times. That might have been the entire quiver. And you would have completely had victory. But, but you chose not to. You know, I mean... It'd be you and I today just going, you know what, man? That arrow and that arrow 
and that arrow mess. We're just going to keep firing these arrows off. We're just we're going to keep them coming into enemy territory. We're going to keep them coming in into PB and into East County. We're going to we're going to keep firing off these arrows, and and a lot of it's going to be our investment in terms of helping our children and involved with our youth ministries like they are today. We're just going to keep firing them off with all the addiction issues that are going around in uh, in, in, in PB. Have you noticed there's a lot of people that have addiction issues in this area? I mean, they're all over the place. We're just going to keep on firing those arrows off until we've got nothing left. Look at this. Got an empty quiver. Sorry about that, Jeff. <laughs> empty quiver. That's what God wants us to do. So the question is how, is, how are we going to strike the ground? How are we going to strike the ground this year? Last year was a big year. I, I believe that we, we can do so much better. I'm going to ask Tony to come up here right now. Tony, where are you? There you are. You got your microphone. And I wanted Tony to talk about things we're doing locally. Um, I, I mentioned this a couple times, but I believe this is the year locally that we're going to really step our game up, right? So, you made a mess, Steve. I, those are powerful arrows. I, I want you to know. You know okay, what? I, we're gonna I'm wearing flip-flops. <laughs> I'm wearing <laughs> And they're pretty sharp. So. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you talk to us about what, what we're going to, what yeah. things are looking like. Absolutely. No, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, I think as I, was, as I was praying through what to say this morning, um, one of the things that, that God really laid on my heart was uh, my wife Mary and I, we, we prayed for a lot of years just to be able to, to do more and more in our community. Um, God placed us here a, a while back, about 15, 16 years ago in Pacific Beach, and, and we just wanted to be more and more present, be more and more impactful, uh, and then share more and more about Jesus with the people that we came in contact with. And so we've tried to move out of Pacific Beach a handful of times, and it hasn't worked. And for one reason or another, um, God's kept us here. And that's meant doing, you know, things a little bit differently in life. That's meant doing things, um, you know, living small and thinking a little bit smaller where we live and that sort of thing. But it's just really because we want to have an impact where we are. So we want to do that anywhere that we are going to be. Um, but I, I share that with you because I really believe that, like, our local outreaches, it, it starts with us. It starts with you um, and just being present where you are. I wrote down just a few things here that I'm, I'm going to just go over with you. Um, just looking at your life and your circumstances and your job and whatever and, and thinking to yourself, where, where can I make an impact? Um, being present, being willing, being available uh, wherever you are and then saying, God, okay, here I am. You've placed me in this situation now use me. Let me just be your, you know, your hands and your feet and your words uh, to other people. Um, and again, this is something that God's been teaching me for sure over the last few years. Uh, just looking at every moment as, as um, a potential God moment, you know, every conversation as a potential God conversation, whether it's with the barista at, you know, Better Buzz or whether it's with, you know, the checkout person at, at Trader Joe's or whatever it is, you know, in your workplace, it's, it's just looking at those moments as potential God moments. I'm not talking about like breathing down people's throat and beating people over the head with the word of God. I'm just saying like, how about just being kind to people or just like showing people how much God is doing in your life just by your actions and by what you're doing. So a few of the things that we're going to continue to do and, and do in 2019 as a church that I'm super excited about 
We obviously meet here at CPJMA, right? Crown Point Junior Music Academy. Uh, there are about 350 family or 350 students in this school, uh, 40 plus staff and and teachers here at this school. And man, this right here is just a huge area where we can have even more of an impact. Um, I know I'm looking around and I can see families that go to this school that have come, you know, and that that now attend here. Uh, at Newbreak, and it's it's awesome, and and I hope my hope my prayer is that we can have more and more families. I, I love 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 the conversations that I get to have with children that come here when they see me pushing a cart through campus, and being like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Well, I'm setting up for church on Sunday," and they're like, "There's a church that meets here on Sunday," and I'm like, "Yeah, there's a church that meets here on Sunday." You know, Oli and B, those are my kids. Yeah, I know Oli and B. You should talk to them about church, and then you know, and then like that, that's where it starts. Okay, so having those kind of things. So there are lots of things that we're going to do for the school. Last year, we gave out um, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, you guys were amazing in, in providing um, food and gift cards for that. And so we blessed, a hand, like, I think it was 15 families with Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, we did nine families partnering with the PB Town Council to do the Christmas and a card outreach where we gave each family. We were planning on 300, and we are only planning on six families. But we gave nine families $400 apiece just to give them Christmas. These are families that are homeless. These are families that live at Camp Land, live in their vehicles, or live in, like, hotels or motels. Um, they don't have all the stuff that most of us have. And so we were able to bless them as a church. And, and, and in that, though, we were able to partner with some awesome community uh, groups like the PB Town Council. And I got to tell you all, the PB Town Council loves Newbreak PB. They really do. And it's awesome. And really, it started with a simple gesture of, we're going to provide coffee at your meetings. And that's it. Free of charge, we're just going to give you some coffee. And, um, and they love it. I mean, the, the president last year uh, and the president this year is a guy named Brian White. He, like him and I, talk probably on a weekly basis. And it's all about things that we can partner with together um, to do just with, with each other in, in and around our community. Things like community service, taking care of our homeless population, um, and then just supporting our community. There's a lot of stuff that goes on here in this community. Um, and, and the PB Town Council has a really good finger on the pulse of PB. And so we can do things with them, and we will continue to do things with them in 2019. Um, one of those things that I'm super excited about also is just how we support our San Diego police, fire, and lifeguards. This year, we want to incorporate our lifeguards into that. Um, these are our public servants who've, who've taken an oath to protect and to serve. Um, if you were here a few weeks ago when I spoke, uh, I, I had the opportunity just to share a story about, about some of the, uh, you know, family that's been, you know, these are real people. These are real people. And just because they wear a uniform and they have a badge doesn't mean that they're still not, they have lives, they have families. Um, and so we're just going to, we're just going to support them more and more and more. I've found that with these groups in particular, food is a very nice thing to do for them, right? They really, really enjoy um, just food. And so um, we have a couple things that we're going to be planning in terms of like serving them tacos and shave ice. Our friend Carmen and our friend Chad will bring their taco carts out and our shave ice trucks out and, and serve the police and fire um, some delicious food. We also have plans to do a barbecue again this year and a few other things. And again, we're going to be partnering with the PB Town Council and then just blessing and most of all, just saying thank you, right? These people go into the places that we run away from, right? These people go into the, the scenes and situations that we tend to stay away from. And we just need to say thank you. We appreciate them. And I think, I think instead of feeling negative towards, um, like our police, for instance, uh, because they don't show up when we call and they, it takes two hours or whatever, I, you know, all these things. These are real things. I get it. But 
Here's the thing. I think if we say thank you more and we're able to show more and more gratitude towards them, you're going to just see, like, just even their attitudes change when it comes to their job and their perspective about what they're doing. So I'm kind of the last thing that I'm excited about that we're going to be doing in 2019 is, is just partnering more and more with CAPS, which is College Area Pregnancy Services, right? In two weeks, our friend Julie is going to come, and she's going to just share uh, about all the things that CAPS is doing. CAPS, basically, they, they help young women make good choices when it, when it comes to being pregnant. They, they give support and aid to, to, to moms who are maybe on their own, who are going through pregnancy by themselves or, or don't have a lot of support, and, and they're able to give all sorts of, you know, medical help and, and all sorts of things. And so we as a church, there's the caps that meets or that it has an office right over by um, Brugger's Bagels and the Great Moon Buffet and Chronic Tacos and you know I'm talking about like PB Plaza over there and so yeah they have an office right over there so it's it's local we can totally help and support um, these young moms in this awesome organization again two weeks from now you're not going to want to miss the presentation that Julie has uh, for us so just to kind of close out with our, our 2019 local stuff Again, looking at every moment as a God moment, yeah. right? Every single moment is a God moment. And, and we hear needs in our community. Instead of saying, gosh, I really wish there was something that we could do about that, we're saying, no, actually, we are going to do something about that. Um, we're going to step into that gap, and we're going to make a difference. And it's not because of us. Right? It's not to like bring glory or, or the spotlight onto us. It's No, it's to show God working through our lives and, and what God is doing in our church um, to bless our community. So I hope and I pray that, that you all are on board with that. I'm super pumped about it. If you have ideas too, I don't want to be the sole person coming up yeah. with these ideas. But, and yeah, definitely could use your help. Yeah. Love to hear because, I mean, I'm just one person and I'm pretty local here at the school for sure. But if, you know, in your areas, in your communities, in your circles of influence, if you hear of things, please, 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 please talk to me, text me, email me, send me a carrier pigeon. I don't care. Uh, whatever it is, like I want to do more. And I know as a church, you want to do more too. So yeah, I'm excited about 2019 and what's going to happen Tony. with PB. Appreciate that. Thanks for, thanks for sharing with us. Yeah. And you can see up here some of the other things, the uh, international reach, a more house bill. I'm really hoping to get a whole bunch of you to join me. I went last year for the first time and uh, there was three days, uh, and we, I think we think we did something like eight or nine houses in three days. It was really amazing. As, as Daryl mentioned uh, earlier on the video, we want to bring 300 people this year, and I'd like to have good representation uh, from you. So we'll be, you can get on, online right now, uh, and you can, you can see what we're going to do and what the cost is. Scholarships are available. Um, we also have, uh, all the, we support 75 missionaries, and we'd like to even support more missionaries than we do. The, you, we talked about the fact that we have a, a Korean church, an Arabic church, uh, we have a Swahili church, and we're looking for more opportunities uh, to be involved in that particular way. But really, it, it, what it comes down to is how are we going to strike the ground? Now, now, here's the good news. You look on the ground here, and you see all these arrows, and you see an empty quiver, and uh, it might leave you feeling like, well, yeah, but then if you got an empty quiver, you got an empty quiver. That's uh, maybe not a real good thing. Actually, what happens is, when, for instance, when we fire off the, the arrow, like let's just say this is the arrow of hope, Guess what happens? It comes back to us. There's another arrow, maybe even two arrows of hope in our own quiver. And every time that we fire off something that is of God, God gives it back. We, we fire off something financially. And I know my wife and I, if you want to just grab your, your card real quick here where it says pray and it has kingdom builders on, we're, we're going to um, just give you a couple of moments to, to think about it and pray about it and, and, and make a pledge. My wife and I this weekend, we were talking about it and I said, well, how much should we pledge? And I had a figure in my mind and my wife had a figure and then 
uh, one of us, the figure was a little bit bigger. And like, whoa, okay, really? Okay. Um, you think we ought to do that? And he's like, yeah, I, I think we should do that. And, and so we're, we're doing that, you know, and it's going to stretch us a little bit. But we're, we're going we're gonna to fire off that, that arrow. And, and really, we need more than that. We need your investment in terms of your time and your talent. And uh, we, we need your, just to be involved. That, that's, that's what I'm asking for. But today, uh, this is just the beginning of our new year in terms of what we're going to do for Kingdom Builders. Um, take it if you would. Think about it. Pray about it. Um, if you want to go home uh, and think about it some more, pray about it some more, that, that's fine. In a moment, we're going to receive our, our, our tithes and offering. So... Um, the team is, is going to play, and then I'm going to ask the ushers to come up after the song, and we'll end with that, okay?